this is Jordan, and you're listening to the Code 7 Podcast Network. Warning. This episode contains the three A's of podcasting. Adult content, adult language, and awesomeness. You've been warned. Imagine finding out that your child has been abused by a neighbor. You're angry, and you go next door to confront the person. Now imagine you're 911. Taking a call from a person who said they had just shot someone and wanted to turn themselves in. Up until this day, you have never forgotten their voice. Or that night. This is what it's like within the trenches. In this episode, you will hear stories from the I Am 911 movement, a movement I started to fight the reclassification of dispatchers from clerical to protective and bring awareness to the types of calls the 911 dispatchers answer on a daily basis. Now, you heard the warning at the beginning, but I must warn you again and add that if you suffer from PTSD or have suicidal tendencies, you are listening at your own risk. The stories you're about to hear are all true and come from the dispatchers who lived them. While some stories have a good outcome, the majority are horrifying. This is our reality. Your worst day is our every day. So let's start with a bang. I want you to imagine each story. Become the dispatcher who has taken each call and imagine listening. I took the call from your son in the middle of an ice storm. He found you face down on your bed and thought you had a heart attack until I asked him to roll you over to make sure you were breathing. That's when your kids realized that you shot yourself while they were in another room. You should be proud of your son for how calm he was trying to help you until help could get there. But I can still hear your daughter's screams in the background. I know you didn't make it. But 20 years later, I wonder how your kids are doing. I am 911. I was who you called when you found your husband hanging by a noose on your balcony. I stayed with you until police arrived. I'll never forget the sound of your crying. I cried with you that night. I am 911. I gave you CPR instructions when you came home to your wife not breathing. I cried. Trying to count compressions loud enough for you to hear me because you couldn't figure out how to put your phone on speaker. You were so strong and courageous. I am 911. I listened as you ran for your life from your own family members believing they would kill you. I heard the relief in your voice when you saw my officers. 
I also called the ambulance. You required because you had collapsed into their arms. I think of you often, never knowing the outcome. I pray that you're safe now. I am 911. I remember feeling my heart break while pulling your three lifeless bodies out of that pond, thinking that any one of you in that truck could have been my younger teenage brother that night. Crying silently when I got back from dropping your bodies off at the morgue, I still see your faces in my dreams, even three years later, and my heart still breaks. I am 911. I took the call from you, telling me that you just murdered your wife and son. A voice I can never forget. I am 911. I was the one pleading on the phone with all the bystanders to help start CPR as I sent the fire department your way in the busy parking lot. No one would help for the first five minutes. You never made it, and it still haunts me wondering if you would have had a chance. I am 911. You screamed and screamed that your three-year-old was not breathing. I gave you CPR instructions and told you I was there with you. Until this day, I still am. I still hear your screams. Like it just happened. And I think of you every time I drive near your house. He didn't make it. I tried my hardest. I am 911. You said you wanted to die because you were worthless. And you were going to hang yourself right now. I asked you to talk to me instead. When you asked why, it took all of my strength to remain calm as I told you that I lost a friend to suicide earlier this week. And I didn't want that for you. I begged you to stay on the line. I am 911. You called 911 to say that you had just shot someone. You wanted to turn yourself in. I stayed with you to keep you calm until police arrived. I haven't forgotten your voice or that night. I am 911. I'm the one that begged you to do CPR on your 15-year-old son when he shot himself in the chest and wasn't breathing. I am 911. I was the one that answered the call when you told me you were going to kill your parents and wanted to die suicide by cop. I tried my everything to stop you. Moments later, I heard the gunshots when my everything was not enough. You said sorry before the line went silent. I am 911. I took an EMS call not knowing you were a fellow officer's wife. They dispatched the furthest rescue in the area to your daughter after she had a seizure in the pool. She died at the hospital. I still feel regret to this day about not saving a Blue Line family member. We met at the funeral, and I've never been so upset about a call 
I couldn't ever change. I am 911. I was there when you called screaming for someone to save your baby girl's life because she fell out of a second story window to the street below. I was there when your baby girl took her last breath due to an extensive traumatic head injury. I was there half a mile down the road wanting to leave my post and communications to come help you because I am also a medic. I was there with you on the phone trying to comfort you as we waited for the ambulance to get to you. I am 911. I am the one that dispatched you to the gate code 3 for a person with warrants. I am also the death sergeant that answered the 911 line from a civilian employee screaming, he's dead, your officer is dead. I was trying to get information when they hung up. The silence on the radio when trying to check your status was gut-wrenching. My voice cracked as I dispatched the flight chief to find you. I prayed you and the other driver were okay. You all pulled through, but I will never forget that day. I am 911. You were running away from the concert. You made your way to the parking lot of the church, just to the east. You called because you came across two gunshot victims, both beyond help. I told you to just keep moving because there was nothing we can do, and I had many other calls to get to you, but I heard something in your voice. That crack. That crack of someone trying to hold it together but your control was slipping away. That crack in your voice let me know that while you might not be physically injured, you were most definitely mentally and emotionally injured. I talked to you for a few more minutes while you got further away to safety. While I know you will never be counted as one of the many injured, you most definitely were, and I will never Ever forget that crack. I am 911. I listened to the gut-wrenching scream as you watched your lifeless daughter being carried towards you after being found in the lake. I'll never forget your little angel. I am 911. I called for help while I was being strangled by someone who I loved. I knew you would call back when I dropped my phone. You stayed in the line with me, then helped me as the tables turned and he set himself on fire. I knew what to do, but I was frozen in shock and you stayed with me. Thank you for your kind words and support. Sometimes 911 has to call 911. And you were my hero that day, and every day. Every call I take, I hope I can help someone, the way you helped me on that frantic night. I am 911. You talked to a single father as his 15-year-old daughter crawled into his room about a quarter to midnight. She had overdosed on pills, eight times the lethal limit. 
His voice was shaking as he tried to hide his tears. You kept him calm. You helped him keep his daughter calm. Medics arrived on scene and administered charcoal. That one night saved both of their lives. I am 911. I tried to be the comforting voice when you woke up next to your wife of 60 years, cold and not breathing. In those moments, you taught me what love really is. I am 911. You lied. You told me your father's gun was in the closet. The police got there, and you answered the door. The gun was in your hands. I heard them screaming at you to put the gun down, and I could feel time stop. All I could do was pray you listened, as I forgot to breathe. I am 911. I walked you through CPR on your infant until help arrived. This was my first save and showed me my purpose. I am 911. I held back my sobs while I walked you through giving your wife CPR and listened to your pleas. Not my sweetie. Please, God, don't take my sweetie. I cried after I hung up the phone. I still get tears when I think of you. I am 911. Yours was the first fatal accident I ever attended. I still remember helping lay a white blanket across two seats. I still remember broadcasting comms that you were deceased. I still remember watching your girlfriend pacing the roadside. Fourteen years later, I still remember. I am zero, zero, zero. I heard your screams when you found your brother had passed away from what you believed to be a heroin overdose. I talked to your shell-shocked mother who just couldn't understand what was happening. You repeated to me that he was cold and you wanted him to get help. All while I'm training a new person who looked at me in horror and amazement as I tell a mother that we were sending her help and that we will get her help telling his children. I am 911. I had only been a dispatcher for 13 days when I got your call. You told me that you had jumped off a bridge once and failed to hit the water like you wanted to. You told me you were scared. I told you that I was with you and that I wanted you to sit down and talk to me. We talked about your wife. You told me your name. You told me what the bridge looked like because you didn't know where you were. Minutes later, my officers got you off that bridge and to the hospital. Together, we saved a life. You were my first save instead of my first death. I am 911.
Those are just a few stories from Imagine Listening. An extension of the podcast featuring the stories of the I Am 901 movement. I'm very fortunate in the fact that many conferences have reached out to me to go and have this Imagine Listening session there with them. It has been an amazing experience, and I thank all of you for the support. Some of the places I'm going to end up at this year, kind of on this Imagine Listening tour, will be throughout Texas, possibly Colorado, New Hampshire, Ohio, maybe even a virtual session for Indiana. I will be at Navigator and possibly at the APCO Western Regional Conference. There's also WIPSCOM out of Wisconsin, the Michigan Conference, and then National Nina and APCO. Again, very possible that I will be in each one of those doing this Imagine Listening session. You know, this whole thing started out as, as one main focus for reclassification, which don't get me wrong, it is still very, very important that this happens. However, the movement and Imagine Listening has evolved. Sharing stories, helping dispatchers get these stories out and start to heal, as well as gain some sort of closure. And that's what we do in the live audience episodes of Imagine Listening. The first portion of it we share all the gut-wrenching, horrifying stories. Now, don't get me wrong, there are some rare saves in there as well, and we hear those too. And those are amazing. But that's what all this is about, is to have dispatchers share their stories and not bury them like I once did. It's okay to feel. And for a long time, it was as if we were not allowed to feel but it's okay. And we do. We're not drones. We're there with our caller every moment of their emergency. Again, your worst day is our every day. And we're there with you. And it stays with us. A part of those stories shared, a piece of that stays with us. And we never forget it. However, we confront it. We go straight on with those horrifying calls so that we can manage it. So that if we are triggered, we will know how to manage it from there. And that's what's so amazing about Imagine Listening. Now, some of you may know that I'm working or have been working on a secret project. And once this comes out, it is going to be <laughs> everything I've dreamed of doing with this podcast, with within the trenches, and a couple other ones that are going to be coming out, and so much more. I wish I could share everything with you right now. I will soon enough. But what I did do was share a teaser, and you can find it on Facebook. You can find it on Instagram and Twitter. 
It is a teaser for Imagine Listening, a separate podcast. No interviews, just immersive storytelling. And if you look hard enough, you might just find it in other places. But it's one that you don't want to miss. For those listening, if you have any comments, questions, or you want to be a guest on the show, you can email us, and that's wttpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter, that is at 91podcast. You can like us on Facebook, that is facebook.com slash within the trenches podcast. This is supported by InDigital, the leader in next-gen core services. And this episode, along with all the others, can be heard 24-7 on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, your favorite podcasting app, and withinthetrenches.net. Have a good one. Nine one one, where's your emergency? Okay, Hello? Hello? Can't do it. It's just I can't take it. Hello? Sir, can you hear me? What's your address? I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I you. Sir. What is your address? We'll get you some help. It's too late. You just have to find me. Sir. Oh my god. I got the complaint in. Get get somebody over there. He he just did it right now. My name is Ricardo. And for 13 years, I was a 911 dispatcher. I heard it all. You name it. I took it. For years, people would ask me, "What was your worst call?" Do you really want to know? But I would tell them about how I gave CPR instructions to a young mother who found her baby face down on a bed of towels. How I listened to a grown man scream in agony over the loss of his brother who shot himself in the head right in front of him. I heard it. I heard it all. The screams, the crying, and the sound of one taking their last breath never goes away. What you are going to hear in this podcast is what I heard. My stories will be recreated for you along with many stories from around the world. In the end, I want you to know that 911 dispatchers do more than answer the phone. They feel everything that is going on, and it takes a toll on them. I want you to imagine each story, become the dispatcher who has taken each call, and imagine listening.